0: Good morning and welcome to the manual. I hope your day is going great and you are off to an awesome start to being the best you. Today's topic is actually a inspiration I got from a question I was asked a few days ago. Uh, and I do apologize I didn't get to this question when I did my QA. I'll try to do a QA um, once I get you know messages in to do a QA. They come in far and frequent, but um, once I can compile a, a list of questions, I can actually address those questions. So I would never give your name or information or location. So it, it's something that um, I'll just have these questions available and you may know your question. If I didn't address your question, please feel free to contact me. Um, you can use my email address, which is cleveland.wason at gmail.com. Again, cleveland.wason at gmail.com. My name is spelled just like the city. And my last name is W-A-S-O-N, and that's um, .com, gmail.com. I can also be resetting my phone number. It's 703-307-9188. Again, 703-307-9188. You can shoot me a text or give me a call. Um, I am open to discuss uh, any questions that you may have uh, if you feel like not talking um, or having your question put on air. Um, obviously, as I always remind you guys, this is a pre-recorded situation. So it's not a live to, to kind of chime in. Um, and I'm still getting questions about that. So uh, I'll always say it until uh, you guys kind of understand this. I wish it was live so that we can all interact. But unfortunately, at this time, the app that I'm using limits me to just kind of making a pre-recording. Um, I got a few guests that are lined up that you should be excited about. Um, topic wise, again, I don't reveal topics because topics are not revealed to me. It is a on the spot interview, so to speak, or talk. Um, so this question came in, um, and it basically asked me about what am I doing? Um, and I, I took it as, um, I think I take it as you know I'm gaming and I'm you know reading for for work and stuff like that. But I think it was a deeper meaning to this question, and, and I hope I'm going in the right direction, trying to answer this question for this particular person. So I've taken this downtime um, roughly. I think it's nine weeks or so. It's been. I have lost count. Um, and I've been kind of investing in me. And when I say investing in me, it's a play on words. Um, Because I'm doing things that I either wanted to do um, or thought about doing or didn't have the time to do. Um, And I'm literally investing um, in things right now. So obviously, we are all trying to hold on to every penny that we make before they take it. Um, But any disposable income that I have or had or any savings that I'm willing to kind of put out there, um, I have been doing so in, um, you know, in a responsible way. So, for instance, um, a couple of things that I've I've done in the past and I still continue to do is some of these um, investment apps. There are actually some great apps out there. Do your due diligence, obviously, as you explore and try to find what's what's best for you, for your income, for your um, your savvy as far as your acumen for business um, and investing. I am not a um, have a little bit of experience, but I don't have. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm a. I'm a huge day trader. Uh, It's not what I've been learning on the fly, learning on the job, so to speak, air quotes. But I am not someone who um, really has hardcore advice um, other than something um, on the surface for you. For instance, I had a good friend tell me years ago that um, to don't um, invest in the sexy stuff, if you could kind of understand what the sexy stuff is. So all the apples, all the the Microsoft, um, you know, the the big things that you would invest in, um, obviously now those, you know, one share is, is can be a couple of thousand dollars in, in some instances. And he said, stay away from the sexy stuff and kind of go with what you know. And I'm like, well, what do I know? I'm like, I don't even know where to start. What do you mean go with what you know? He basically told me, go home. This is your homework assignment. Open your medicine cabinet. Open your kitchen cupboard. Open the... Um, Pantry that you have in your house, and I said, okay. So what's that supposed to do? He said, well, look at the things that you buy frequently, and I'm like, okay, I kind of see where you're going here. He said, if you're buying these things frequently, someone else is as well, and most of these things like Kellogg's and and um, and uh, Colgate and Palmolive and 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 Joy, those things that are that you buy, you know, constantly when you go to invest in them, they're not expensive stocks. You know, they're not hundreds of dollars per share. In most cases, they're they're less than, you know, $10 per share uh, for these items. And if you kind of diversify your situation by buying different things that you already purchase, great. And then when you have, if you have cash to go into the sexy stuff, then go into the sexy stuff. But you can kind of learn your way by doing these small um, investments. So I, um, I used to make it a point when I was kind of really getting into it a few years ago, I made a point to kind of just treat it like a casino. And what I mean is that this is money that I have kind of already spent. In my mind, it's already spent. I'm not looking to take my next month's mortgage and put it on the table and try to flip it and and all of that. Um, What I'm trying to do is saying, okay, if I have $100 or $150 or $200 to spend on buying some stocks or, or, funds, or mutual funds, or whatever I am investing this money as I would do anything else that I would do, like go to the movies or, or go to dinner or, you know, have a night out with some friends. That money is already going to be spent. So, think about the things that you like that you're into, and kind of read up and invest in those because the investment apps that that are are, are out today are very informative. Um, there are a lot of articles that you can read online about what, you know, what your interests are. You know, I'm a gamer. I like um, games. There's a company called Blizzard Activision. Uh, Most of you might be familiar with Call of Duty. They make, um, they're one of the companies that make Call of Duty. Um, And Call of Duty is a game, I enjoy the game like everybody else. But the thing about Call of Duty is that every time they drop a new Call of Duty, um, there are literally millions upon millions upon millions of uh, of these games sold. Um, They're streamed, they're sold, however they are distributed. And I said, you know what? I should be paying myself to play. Any one of these games that come out, 2K, Madden, whatever it is, I should be paying myself to actually play. If I'm going to take the time and invest in sitting down for an hour or two a week, I should be putting my money where my mouth is. And make a little money back off what I'm doing. Same thing as if um, if you wear a certain type of sneaker Nike, Puma, Adidas, whatever it is. Um, instead of keep buying the new and latest greatest one that comes out, every other time that you go to buy sneakers, invest in some stock. You know, pay yourself. You know, become. You know, become. You know, involved in how you spend your money, how your how your economics kind of affect you. So with that being said. Um, in this current time, uh, going back to the initial question, what am I doing? I'm doing a few different things. Obviously, my routine is is when I get up, I pray. Um, then I have a workout, my own personal workout. Uh, I'm a personal trainer, so I still um, talk to clients and engage with clients on different levels to try to, you know, when we are back um, to a normal functioning um Business uh, model, I can you know go back to doing business with them. But the ones that I'm virtually training, and I do virtual train if anyone is interested in training, uh, pretty simple process, um, and I'm affordable. Um, so I try to. Um, to engage and and keep that going. I'm also taking a few classes right now, which I explained to you guys, um, or maybe not taking a few classes that are related to the kind of work that I'm in. I used to be a property manager for a very long time, but I switched the gears a few years ago to become a trainer full-time. And in doing so, um, since I was kind of behind the curb, uh, as to my contemporaries, I had to Pretty much speed up the process. So, I have obtained several um, certifications that are that whole weight. Um, And when I say whole weight, you know, if you're going to be a personal trainer or anything in that, and that's a future podcast that's coming up, I promise, is um, how to get into the personal training um, business, what to expect, what not to expect, the pitfalls, the success, the failures. Um, So, if you, in anything that I do, I've always been taught to go after. Uh, the best that you can do in that situation. So any of the certifications that I've sought out, seeking out, have completed, have been something that is um, one of the most, um, when I say popular, not in, in a trend, but popular as it is something that I can use everywhere, okay? Um, just like degrees, certain certain certifications and degrees have more value than others, doesn't mean that your degree is worthless or your certification is worthless, but if you're going to seek out what you're going to do, there's a few different things that you can do as far as obtaining the one that you want and the one that will uh, be recognized and you'll get paid for it. So obviously I've been taking classes. Um, I started reading again, um, more for leisure. So I'm reading right now one of Robert Greene's books, Mastery. I've read the others several times, uh, which is The Art of Seduction. 48 Laws of Power, 33 Strategies of War. Uh, the reason I like these books is that I can always go back to them, although I've read them a few times. Um, and the way Robert Greene kind of intends his books to be read is not cover to cover. It's kind of opening it because the 48 Laws and the 33 Strategies of War are books that you can open at any point Just Open in the middle of the book if you're on, if you're on Law 22 or Strategy 31. You can actually just go into that particular lesson and and read it and kind of digest it. So reading, you know, reading the mastery um, in tidbits, but I'm also reading a book that I purchased several years ago that has collected a lot of dust on my bookshelf and I'm kind of Uh, embarrassed that I did that because at the time, something spurred me to buy this book. It is a huge book. It's like the war and peace of my collection. It's a very huge volume book. And it's basically about um, investing um, in yourself and investing um, in your 30s, 40s, 50s, wherever, wherever point in your life that you've gotten to It's to start investing because it's never too late to invest. You know, we always think about, man, you know, I should have did this in my 20s and 30s and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you still have a obligation to yourself to to make that happen like you would make anything in your life happen. You know, we don't um, get our license to drive until we're a certain age, you know. But there are people right now that are getting licenses that are in their 50s and 60s who have never driven a car until now. So it is not ever too late. To go back to school, get a degree, to go back to get a certification, to change jobs, to change careers. You know, it all comes with whatever your responsibility to yourself is, but you tend to make a decision that is good for you. So this book is called A Lifetime to Guide. Um, sorry, Lifetime Guide to Money. And it is a Wall Street personal finance staffer that re- sorry, wrote this book a few years ago. It is a very thick book, but it is a very easy read. I am going to try to, um, before I'm I'm back to work, I'm going to try to get through at least half this book. Um, I like reading, but I can only do things in spurts because I have the attention of a 12 year old. I literally, I'm the cat, I'm the cat that sees a laser and starts jumping around. Um, I tend to um, work backwards in life. um, And when I say that, Working backwards to me means that I am a nocturnal person. I am not a morning person. One of the hardest transitions from property management and real estate going to um, personal training is schedule. Um, I, you have control of your schedule as a personal trainer. So let me not cast expressions that are not true. So as a personal trainer, I get to set my schedule, but your schedule is also dictated by the people that you work with. And I mean your clientele, you know, some people are very early risers. Some people are are late in the day people. So depending on what your niche and your demographic to work with is, it will dictate kind of how your schedule goes. You do have a um, some levity in creating a uh, feasible schedule for yourself to say, well, you know what? I'm not working after eight o'clock every day. You know, I may start at seven or eight in the morning, but my cutoff is going to be in the evening at this time. But there are people that will, you know, work later um, or want to work out later. So I've learned to be a early riser. It is still one of the things I struggle with. Even in college, I got up. My first class wasn't probably till nine o'clock. But I can condense my day where I can put a lot of work in between, you know, nine o'clock in the morning and four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm a person that believes in getting it done, getting after it and kind of finish it up. You know, I'm not afraid of hard work, but I'm also um, of the school of thought that I can, I can um, leverage those hours in a way that are beneficial to me. That I'm not burning myself out as a property manager, um, different type of animal. I served a lot of masters, and I had to burn out. I had to, you know, excel in order to excel at what I did. I had to kind of serve that, feed that monster every day. Your schedule is not your schedule. We had a saying that we used to laugh. So any property managers out there, uh, you guys know what I'm saying. You might have a different way of saying this, but we all kind of said this at some point. If you want to have a bad day, plan it. And what that pretty much meant is that you can come in with all your... (laughs) great ideas about how your day is going to go at at nine o'clock. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to switch gears at 12, do this. I'm going to have a working lunch to do that. And you walk in and then your, your maintenance supervisor is telling you, Hey, um, we have a leak in this stack, or we have a issue with this, or this vendors hasn't been paid. And how can we get them paid because we need supplies. And so goes the hamster wheel with that. So, um, in switching gears, I, I've had to learn how to kind of, you know, um, work a schedule. I will one day return to property management. Um, a lot of my friends that are still in the industry, I keep close to what's going on. And I do read things that are interests of me when it comes to the field, um, because I've only been out of the field now for about two and a half years, I think. Um, and I've had opportunities to actually go back. Um, I was actually going back to something possibly before this thing, before the shutdown happened. Um, so I haven't abandoned it, but I do have a love for training. Um, and I will continue to be a trainer if, even if it's part-time, um, and keeping certain clientele. But so my routine consists of kind of cultivating and, 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 and nourishing my, my, um, my quest to, uh, better myself. Um, outside of that, I have downtime. Like everybody, I try to give myself some downtime and some detox. So I'll do some, um, so I read for school, obviously that's a, but I also read for leisure, but I don't group that into two different boxes. I keep reading is reading whether I'm reading for pleasure or reading for an, an assignment. Same thing. Um, I'll play video games. Um, I'll do puzzles. Um, I haven't done the, the adult coloring book yet. Cause I think I feel like you know, I might look silly doing that, even if someone's not watching me, but I may do that to kind of, um, to kind of just, you know, calm my mind. Um, I'm not an anxiety person per se, because I do meditate and I do pray, but there's times when my mind will wander on a thousand subjects at once, a thousand things will just come at me. And I'm trying to like use a butterfly net to catch everything that is flying around me. Um, so in the calm, um, I try to do things. TV is something that um, I thought in the beginning of this um, shutdown and being home was going to be, okay, you know what? I can binge watch a thousand shows, things that people are talking about at work that I haven't been able to see. But as I kind of, you know, <laughs> delve into to life, um, this new normal normal, um, I realized, I'm like, man, you know, TV is a waste of time. It, it, you know, unless you're watching something that is educational um, and I watched some of the oddest things that you can imagine. Um, I <laughs> I have my car wreck moments. And what a car wreck moment is, is that you cannot turn from whatever you're watching. So um, as a trainer, um, my 600-pound life or my one-ton family or whatever these shows are now. Um, and I think I watched it in the beginning. I watched it for, obviously, to understand, like, why would someone put themselves in this kind of health Um, situation because it's more than just, um, you know, being big. It's, 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 they're shortening, shortening their lifespan. And I always wanted to see, you know, what caused this um, from a um, psychological standpoint. So obviously I do that, but then I watch the show and I get upset because I see the family that are supporting air quotes. These people kind of basically enable them and push them to do things. So I'm like, the point of this, um, but then also watch like Naked and Afraid. I don't know why. I think I watch it for the freak out moments. Everyone just gets to that point where they just get upset and they freak out, or they, they get to that mental breaking point because you know, all the comforts of home and ever you know, it's not there now. You got to hunt for your food and you got to sleep in the open in the shelter, and you're and there's no blanket, and etc. 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 So sometimes I watch stuff like that. You know, I watch my dramas, I watch you know, sports shows and things of that nature. But I try to save that for when my day becomes very um, condensed and I'm like, I have not, I got to fill an hour here. I got to, you know, I got two hours to kill. So let me just do something other than, you know, something that I've been doing all day. So going back to Circling back again to the original thing of what I've been doing um, as far as investing in myself because investing in myself is a play on words as I'm working my way through. So I decided to take um, a percentage of my um, my earnings, whatever I can earn this week, and re-roll it back into what I'm doing. So I invest in Acorns. I don't know if you guys know that app. It's actually a pretty cool app. Uh, you can set yourself up on Acorns. And what Acorns pretty much does is it kind of... Um, it kind of saves your change. Um, your, when you purchase something, um, let's say you purchase something and your change was a dollar or whatever, it'll, it'll calculate that and it'll do what they call roundups. So it'll keep rounding your money up. And then every week you can put in a set amount of of, uh, money that comes out of your account. So right now I do, um, I did an initial, I'm sorry, initial investment of $50. And then I've, um, I did some roundups and I multiplied them times 10. So the app gives you the option of sliding um, the bar to say, well, I'm going to multiply by five, by 10, by two, whatever it is, the change that you get. So I I went aggressive. So I did the 10 and I have $10 every Friday draw out of my bank account to feed um, this thing. So now it's been only, um, I got back into Acorns about a week ago, two weeks ago and um uh, I turned my fifty dollars investment into a hundred and seventy dollars already, and the reason that happened so quickly is because i'm shopping a lot online um you know if I go to the grocery store that 's where it's picking up a lot of a lot of the um the uh momentum because i'm i'm you know I go to the grocery store once a week uh well once a week to the grocery store and then another uh time out to go to get like other things because um like most of you guys i can't shop at one particular store because not every store has everything that i need or want so um shopping online now has become a thing um that i do a lot i've done it in the past but now i'm doing it a lot because we're all forced to social distance and you feel safer shopping online but when the stuff arrives that's a whole nother thing because i got to let it sit on the porch and I got to spray it down and take the box out and take the stuff out and throw the box out away. It's crazy. But anyway, um, that's why I'm picking up momentum with the, with turning it over. The last time I did Acorns um, that was successful for me was a year ago. I did it for eight months. So I, I turned a $50 investment to just under $900 in about eight or nine months or so. Um, and again, it's because if you buy gas, if you buy groceries, if you buy food, um, go to a restaurant, wherever you go. And then the app also has things, um, that you can invest in by signing up for stuff. Like for instance, if you signed up for Grubhub, um, either to be a Grubhub driver, they give you like to a $25 investment, or if you just use Grubhub, um, frequently, every time you use it, the change kind of goes into your acorn. So it's a great app. Um, you guys can look into it. Uh, you do have to link a bank account to it. So depending on how you feel about your personal information, um, but as such, society is now everything is personal information. Um, so, Acorn is something I'm doing. I'm doing an app called Webull um, that's W E B U L L and Public. Public is like it's public, and they're both tr- stock trading platforms. Um, public is more, I would say, my speed because I'm an avid investor versus uh, someone who's ultra savvy. Um, Webull is kind of an intermediate one. Um, I invested $100 on Webull and I've invested $150 on on Public. And Publix, um, after I get off this podcast this morning, I'll be in the trading arena kind of just doing my thing. Um, I have been on Publix gives you a very, very user friendly approach. Um, it does have limitations from what I understand for people who are who are a bit more um, into trading. Um, but it, this is a good education that you can get. On the on the fly, with trading um, and not having to do a lot of sideline work, you can actually put a, you know fifty dollars in and see how it, it works for you because you kind of learn the nuances of trading um, stocks and they give you a lot of comprehensive information within within Publix to read. There's a lot of articles, there's a lot of things, but the thing that reason why they call it public is because. Your information, not your like what you're spending or whatever, but it tells it's like a community of people that um, you can see in real time doing the same thing that you're doing. It'll say John Q from upstate New York has purchased, you know, X amount of shares of whatever uh, at a eight point gain or they have sold X stock for you know, they sold it and made, um, at a loss, you know, negative one point, whatever. So you can actually see how things, but it also tells you how many days they've invested into that particular thing, which I find pretty cool because no other app that I've seen yet does that where, I can say, well, it will show that I had this stock for like a month and it's probably trending up and I'm buying more of it. You see that I'm buying more of it or it'll say after a month, I've had enough and I, I want to offload it for whatever it's worth. So public is kind of a really, really good one to um, understand. And it's spelled public. Uh, when you go on the app, there's a, it's like a star, uh, um, a star and it's it's a it's a white background with a blue star on it. Um, and. um, I'm kind of enjoying that more than any other app that I've used so far. Uh, The other one, Webull, is more, um, it's not complicated, but it can be overwhelming. It's a lot of information that comes at you once. And if you don't understand um, certain things about the stock market, um, you'll kind of stumble and kind of be lost. But the thing about it is that you can buy stuff that are on the pennies, um, less than a couple of dollars. I don't go and buy major thirty, forty, sixty dollar stocks on Weeble. I buy stuff that my cap is normally around, you know, ten dollars a share on high end and then on the low end. If you buy something that's less than a penny, sorry, less than a dollar, you gotta buy a hundred shares of it. And a hundred shares, you know, of of that is 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 what's good. But if you you know, buy something for a dollar, you can buy 20 shares. So these two apps are, um, what I recommend. Um, again, do your due diligence before you spend your hard earned money. I am trying to just dabble for myself and see where I, where I top out at. It's, it's kind of like just, I wouldn't say fun money. Cause that sounds crazy, but not fun money per se, but it's kind of money that I'm using, um, to see, um, how I can gauge my knowledge and kind of play a little bit and, and leverage. All right. So th- those are the, the two things I'm doing as far as that. Um, I had an interesting conversation with a good friend last night and, um, what came out of it was, uh, a very, a very cool quote. And the quote was everything that we see in the world was in, was once in someone's head. And I started laughing. I'm like, ah, I get it. But then of course I, I do a, a a decode breakdown. And I'm like, man, you know, you're right. Everything that we see a computer, a TV, um, a keyboard, a car, you know, clothing, building, you know, this was once something that was in someone's head, someone conceptualized this and brought it to reality. And one of the things that, um, that we should be doing, and again, I am not advocating that you do you do whatever with your time that you want. You are your own governor, <laughs> your own mayor, your own president, or whatever it is to yourself. Is that you should be coming up with things that are um, um, for you to learn and understand about yourself. Because eventually you're going to go back into the world. We're going to go back into the world. Whether it's different from the world we left, you're going to go back into the world. And this is a um, a very hardcore um violent awakening for some people that, you know, we are, we have tied our wagons. We have hitched our, our dreams to someone else's, you know, your ability to pay bills for yourself, uh, is attached to someone who owns a business, who has to, who has to pay you because their vendors, their customers, their clients are paying them. And we like the word side hustle. Everyone that I know for the most part has something that they do on the side um, it may not be something that they're working another job per se, but it's something that is uh, of interest to them that they are grinding. Whether it's something for the future that they're saving for, or it's a business that they are doing um, as part of a income supplementation, if you would, if you would um say. So a lot of people sometimes might do something where they're earning an extra two hundred dollars a month. For instance, I in in personal training, um, I have my clients. Um, but I also had, I also write programming for, uh, an app and that, that app actually pays me a couple hundred dollars a month to do that. So now I could save that money, use that money for Webull and, and Publix, or I can pay bills with that money. But that money is a supplement to my income because it comes in every month because I have to have a commitment. I've signed a contract to, to deliver certain products to them. As far as uh, writing programs, and once that is done, I'm paid for it, compensated for it. So it's something that I, you know, it's 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 enough money. I'll give you the exact amount. I think it's around four hundred dollars. It comes out to because I get two hundred dollars every week to write a program, and all I'm doing is something that takes me roughly four hours, five hours to do uh, for the entire month. And reason that it, it takes doesn't take that long is because I've been doing this for a while as far as training, um, where you're writing programs based on certain um, goals, you know, where it changes for a personal trainer. If you're training someone, particularly like if I'm training you and your goal is to lose weight, but also gain muscle because you want to run a marathon, that is three different goals, but it's wrapped into one you. So I have to tailor that to how how it's done. So a lot of people um, look at, you know, look at when they buy a program or they go on to um, a magazine or a platform and purchase a program. You have to bear in mind that, that program did not take into consideration how you move, meaning whatever injuries you may have, whatever compensations you may have, whatever um, um, cardio capacity you may not have or have, it doesn't know that it always will preface before you start any program, please consult your doctor. That's the disclaimer that the magazine or the author or whoever puts out there so that you don't jump in on day one and throw your back out because you have to know your fitness level. So it's, it's, it's kind of putting the onus on you for you to understand that. So I tell people all the time when you say, well, I'm not going to pay a trainer for a program. It's it costs too much. I said, well, if the trainer is good and the trainer tailoring is it, tailoring it to your abilities, you need to do that versus getting a generic one that is a workout that everyone's supposed to do. So n- not getting off topic here. Um, I am now exploring um, startup companies because um, I, I always knew about this, but I never I never uh, thought about it in the sense of like, you know, how before. Beachbody became Beachbody. What did they do to market? What did they do to become that? And a lot of these companies are on these Kickstarter platforms where you can kind of follow what's happening. And, you know, once it comes out, the product comes out, you kind of, you know, get yours or you can actually invest um, in it. So I'm looking at some opportunities that um that I've been researching to see what, you know, I'm not going to pick like five of them. I'm going to pick like two that are really interesting to me interest that I'm interested in to kind of see where it goes. Uh so again, you know, if you are someone who is looking to um expand your knowledge on something, this is the perfect time to do that. Everyone's complaining about oh my God, we're in, we're in. I get it. I get it. We've had these conversations a thousand times with each other. But now that you're in and it's a fact and it is what it is, then you have to make that effort to make yourself better. You know, um, if you just want to take this time to really reload and detox, go for it, because you you might have been working 20 years straight and this is your first time being a captive in your own home, in your own head. But if you are saying, hey, I hated my job, I hated this, I needed to get more money. This is your time to do that. Most of the greatest companies that we know started in a recession or depression, and the two that comes to mind for me is Microsoft was started in a recession. Go go read about it. It's a fact. Most companies, um, you know, the guy that made Monopoly, um, the company, I'm sorry, the um, Milton Bradley, Monopoly started in the depression, in, in the height of the depression. Depression was 10 years. Somewhere in the middle, five or six years into the depression, Monopoly was made. And it was kind of a, a satire game because... You're playing with paper money in a situation where you have no money, but you're learning real estate. It is a real estate tool. It teaches you how to how to navigate real estate. And it's one of those games that's going to be timeless. Um, I still play it to this day um, with friends when we get together or I play it on the Wii um, or the Xbox. Yes, there is a virtual monopoly and it's actually pretty cool because you can like it's like you walk in a virtual street and you're building a house and it's, it's kind of funny. But I used to actually play Monopoly with real money. <laughs> um, it is something that I look back and I, I laugh about it in a ha 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 versus like I can't believe I used to do that. So basically what it was, um, you saved up the entire year for the game. And what I mean that is like the game was always on New Year's Eve. Um, usually, I would say ninety percent of the time the game was on New Year's Eve. We might have a summer game, but it depends. And we would save up literally about ten grand a piece, somewhere in the neighborhood of that. And that was your buy into the game. So when you <laughs> when you landed on Broadway or <laughs> Park Place, and someone had a house on it and hotels or whatever, and you had to pay them. $2,000, dollars, you're literally paying them two thousand dollars, and it is you know, it's something that we did for fun because we had the means. And you know, there will be a lot of um arguing, and and um, not to put black and white in there, but black people have their own rules when it comes to certain games. We always alter the game in some kind of way, so we, we barter, we trade, we say on your next pass, if I get to pass, you pass on my block, and it's funny, but when you Um, if you had enough, cause the game would last for hours upon hours, you know, we might start at midnight and the game might not be done. till 11 o'clock in the morning, we leave there and we go get IHOP or whatever, you know, start the year. So you may have walked in with your 10 grand or nine grand and walked out with 25 at the point of your surrender, or I was never lucky to win the pot. You might turn your 10 grand into a hundred grand, literally crazy. And we got the idea from a um two, I'm sorry a um notorious big video, when um and all they were doing they were playing Monopoly they were putting bricks of cash and I'm like yo we should do that and I actually talked a friend into it it wasn't my game um, I had the idea along with someone else but they started the game and it was a fun night because we got to we had drinks we had um you know young ladies serving um kind of cool um but we had people come in. And, um, it, it evolved into a bigger game over the years. I don't know if the guys are even still doing it, but, uh, I would love to have these guys on, on a podcast to discuss, um, Monopoly. And when I say, uh, women serving, um, please don't take that as a slight. Uh, we did have women play. Um, we got our asses kicked by someone's girlfriend once. Like I was like, who brought this girl here? Because she's taken all about money. So it wasn't like, um, you know, we, we had servants, so I didn't want to, I, I want to address that. It was, you know, we trying to be boys being boys. Um, anyway, so Monopoly. Great. <laughs> Not keeping uh, you guys too long this morning because I, I do try to have a guest on later on. But, um, one of the things, if you haven't done this, um, you should, um, if you're familiar with Credit Karma, it's a great app. Um, it actually, is very informative on where you stand financially with your credit report um I have a friend that does um credit report um repair as well as um an investment opportunity uh with working with credit repair companies and in, and you know kind of being your own owner um I'm hoping to have her on at some point to discuss um the importance of it. Uh, I know her time is very valuable, so I have to work out the logistics on how. That is because I don't want any anyone to come on here and it's an open invitation to talk about whatever business you're in, uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, don't come on here. <laughs> and What I mean by that is that if you're somebody who has all these ideas but have not implemented anything or put anything to practice, don't waste your time or our time with telling us about what you want to do. Um, that's not the spirit of entrepreneurship. Spirit of entre- entrepreneurship is actually out there in the trenches getting yours. You know, I don't want to hear about what you want to do or what you could do. I want to hear about what you're doing and, you know, how you're, uh, either, uh, excelling or failing or whatever you're doing with it. So I I don't want to, um, sound harsh with that, but you know, I'm a big believer in not wasting anyone's time. You know, no one wants to hear about your great idea and then you haven't put it into practice because it just doesn't work for me. Um, so yeah, so getting back to credit karma, um, it's kind of a wellness check with Credit Karma to see where you stand. Um, as we all know, credit reports, um, I've dealt with them for years because being in property management, um, and it's something And also being in real estate, I have to, you know, I had to deal with, um, and there's a lot of, um, errors on people's credit reports. You may not even know if you're a junior, if you're a junior, I'm a June bug. You need to check and make sure that if you don't use junior or senior interchangeably, you are going to have things on your credit report that don't even belong to you. And you may not even know this for years. You might be doing things and not realizing, oh, my God, I'm not. That's why I wasn't getting approved for things. Or that's why I got approved for so much, because your credit report was linked to your dad's. Or you may have a name like John Smith, literally like John Smith. And they've gotten you mixed up with the John Smith down the street and you have their you know, their debt on your top of your debt and, you know, you're it's killing you. So um, it is something that you can always pop in. It's free. Credit Karma is free. When they say that it's a free site, they're not kidding. You can get on there and you can, you know, see a credit report. Back in the day, you used to be able to get one free report, I think every six months. Like you can actually write Experian or write TransUnion or write um, um, Equifax and get a report. Now you can actually just pop in on Credit Karma and look at your report in real time. Well, real time, so to speak, like as far as it, they have updates that are made. Um, One of the things that I I do, um, and I'm glad I'm kind of mentioning this to you guys, is that I I work with a company called Lexington Law, and I'm giving them a free plug for no money, but it is what it is. Um, Lexington Law is someone who kind of will help you clear up credit issues. (coughs) Excuse me. It does cost money to do it. They have different plans ranging from $25 up to a hundred. And I think $25 is like their limit. And (coughs) sorry, my allergies are killing me today. I apologize. Um, and with the different tiers of what they do, they kind of challenge things on your credit report. So it is something that, you know, and it teaches you, how to do that for yourself at some point where you no longer need them and you says you know what i want to cut ties it's been great you guys have helped me tremendously now i'm willing to do on my own so i tell you this to tell you that you need to kind of take the time right now to look at things that are external and internal to you because you may not have this type of time again once we're open once we're open i do believe that it's going to be a rush You know, not in the initial, but it's going to be a rush at some point where everyone's trying to get back to where they were or where they want to be. It is going to be something that you're going to be really busy, especially if you're a service industry person. Like I'm a trainer. I'm going to be really busy. So these things that I have now to kind of do, I want to put them on autopilot right now. I don't want to wait until I'm back in the throngs of life. And then now I'm trying to navigate and do these things on the fly. So I want to set this up right now. So when it's time to do whatever I'm supposed to do, these things are kind of going for me. Um, I'm going to close with leaving you guys. um, If you have never heard this concept before, seven streams of income. Uh, You can check this out. You can just kind of Google the concept. It basically is what what it says. You know, we should always strive to have about seven different streams of income coming in. And what that pretty means, not having seven jobs. I'm talking about having some kind of investment or some opportunities going on for yourself. So whether it's a real estate investment that you have that's paying you monthly, or it's something that you're holding an asset to eventually sell one day to to have retirement money, um, like a building or whatever. That's a stream of income. Your obviously your salary that you draw every two weeks or every month or however you get paid or every day that's a stream of income, but you have to have other things that are, that are happening. Um, you know, people have never heard of passive income, active income. It's all income, whether you look at it or not. Think of like, if you have a CD at a bank, you know, that's money that you put in for a Christmas club or, or, uh, or a vacation. It's still, it's still something that you can draw from later to use it for that purpose. You know, some of us are not good at saving money. Um, I'll raise my hand right now. <laughs> um, I am because I look at money differently. And I always tell people that like, I, I don't, um, I don't hoard money. You know, I don't, I, it, it's exciting to have money, but I am not the kind of person that, that sits and like, looks at my savings and comes like, yes, I'm, you know, I look at it like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing well. I could be doing better or I, could, or I could be doing worse. But at the end of the day, I don't live and die by that number that I see. That's why like buying stocks for me is unless I have thousands upon thousands of dollars invested the last time I lost a lot of money in stock market was September 11th because I was 27 years old at the time and I had a lot of um, money in real estate tied up in stuff and I lost I wouldn't say big but big for me I guess I lost but I didn't take it like jump off the roof loss I just took it as man you know I didn't foresee this thing happening and I thought it was going to be a quicker bounce back and you know we had a war start and, you know, I waited too long to pull my money out. So I lost, you know, probably around $30,000. I'm not afraid to say what it was. So um it took me a while, it took me almost a decade to bounce back from that. So <clears throat> so one of the things that you guys should be knowledgeable about, knowledgeable about is that, you know, when you're investing, meaning your 401k, that's an investment, <laughs> That's also a stream of income because it becomes something that you're going to retire on one day, hopefully. Or if you leave that company, you're going to roll it into something else for another bigger retirement later or whatever you're going to do with it. Or you're going to buy a house with it. It's still a a stream of income. So I tell people all the time to understand that with anything that you're investing, one of the root things about investing is that there is a risk factor involved in that. You know, we all have this idea that you put $1,000 in the stock market and you're going to turn it into a million dollars overnight. That's not reality. What reality is is that you're going to that nine that $1,000 might be 900 tomorrow, it might be 1,200 the day after. It is going to it's going gonna, it's gonna to fluctuate and you have to know kind of feel your intuition to feel your way through. The ups and downs of of this. If it's something that I tell people, like if if you're dabbling, dabble money. That's the dabble portion, because you don't want to put your entire you know your entire life savings into the stock market. It's not it's not wise, you know. Little piece hit here and there, and kind of understand how that works for you. Once you get better at it, and you're working with a financial advisor, taking better advice um, is is what it is. There's a um, it's a crazy story um, for sports fans. Um, you guys mem- remember a guy named Darren McFadden, DMC, <laughs> not the run DMC, um, DMC, but they just call this dude DMC. He was a football player. He played for the Raiders, I believe, and then eventually for the Cowboys, um, if I'm right. Um, and years ago, you can actually Google his story. It's ridiculously funny. Not funny, haha, funny, tragic he basically told his investment um manager who has whose name is Michael Vick which is funny because there's another Michael Vick that we all know not this football Michael Vick but his invest his financial investor was named Michael Vick oh Mike Vick funny um he gave him 15 15 million dollars to invest one five 15 million dollars to invest um in things that he had a list of um and Bitcoin was on this list. And you guys know what Bitcoin is. It's a cryptocurrency. Um, people, Some people own it. I used to own Litecoin, but I got rid of it. I don't know why I got rid of it, but I got rid of it a couple years ago. But I may try to get back into that at some point. Because cryptocurrency is actually a very interesting, devious, mysterious thing. So I used to want to say I have cryptocurrency because it sounded cool. But then I didn't understand the ups and downs of it And the ups are like way up Like when Bitcoin blew And it blows is major money When it drops You kind of feel that kind of way about it But then it's like It always comes back stronger Stronger, stronger, stronger Anyway Quick story before we disconnect So He gave a guy the $15 million to invest And Bitcoin He was supposed to put $3 million on Bitcoin <laughs> For some odd reason He didn't do what His client wanted him to do he invested in the couple of things he actually stole money from Mr. Mcfadden you know by and this is a, a thing I tell people like learn your finances like if someone's stealing from you you need to understand how they're stealing from you and you know obviously we know the why for their for their gain your loss but you need to understand how these things are being hidden from you anyway had he invested the 3 million on bitcoin when he was supposed to back in 2009 i believe it was that money at the time of the lawsuit which was i think around 2014 or so it would have netted mr mcfadden 258 million dollars the initial 3 million dollar investment would have netted him 200 plus million dollars money he would have never obtained playing football and he would have been, you know, it's life changing money for some of these guys. I mean, some of these guys can blow through. I mean, we've seen athletes blow through millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. But he would have been set up for the rest of his life on that one investment, let alone the other um, the other 12 million that he had on other things or s- supposedly. Um, so he ended up suing the guy for not, you know, for squandering his money. But he also missed out on a great opportunity. And I tell people, like, you know, if someone's working for you, like a financial investor, people have to understand how those fiduciary relationships work. If I am in your employ, meaning, you know, I'm working for you on your behalf, you still have to give me direction. You don't leave it up to me and be like, well, you know what, Cleve, you're the expert. I leave it up to you to do it. And I give you an example because in personal training, I can design a plan for you. I, I can evaluate your movement, you know, kind of see what it, you know, what conversations you have and things of that nature and, and safely design workouts for you. But it doesn't work if I don't ask you, Hey, Jimmy, Hey, John, Hey, Sally, do you, you know, do you like doing burpees? Because I don't like doing burpees. Like I can do a lot of exercises. I just hate doing burpees. So I know how good they are and I know the whole thing behind it, but I just don't physically like doing burpees. It's not one of my favorite exercises, so I don't really do it. So when in designing something for you, I ask you all the time, "Hey, what don't you like to do?" So I know not to have these things on there because I want to keep this client. I want to keep this client engaged. I want to keep this client safe. I want to make sure that I'm I'm doing my best to, you know, retain and and have referral business and and that kind of thing. So If someone's working for you, you need to be involved in what's happening. You can't just say, well, you know what? Um, Take the reins on this. You know, it's it's what you do. Because I need to understand what you do. When you do that, you're giving someone a blank check. Literally, no pun intended, to kind of do what they want with your money. So I tell people all the time, like, you wouldn't give people access, you know, to things that you don't want them to have access to. But if you're paying someone... To rob you, then that's what you're doing. So, who, whatever you don't want to learn and have someone else do for you, that's your thing. I know a lot of people that rely on just paying for something to be done. Now, I, I'm not like I don't. There's certain things that, that I cannot do. I cannot, I can't lay tile. You know, stuff like that. You know, I've never learned to do stuff like that. But I, I bet if I'm doing my bathroom over, and Um, Home Depot has a class on laying tile for free, which they do. They have stuff like that all the time. They have workshops. Wouldn't it be in my best interest to go to a workshop and at least learn how to do it? Even if I'm not going to do it, when I hire a contractor who's doing it, I can look over that shoulder and be like, what are you doing? Because you're creating more work for me, meaning giving me a bigger bill because you're milking this. Or this is sloppy. This is not the way they showed me how to do it. I might as well have done this myself. So a lot of people kinda don't want to take onus and responsibility for things of 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 them or their financial health. And then they blame others and yo, they robbed me, man. They, they took my money. I'm like, no, 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 no. You let them do that. You didn't take any kind of responsibility for what happened because you just said, Well, you're the expert, you take care of it. It doesn't work like it shouldn't work like that, is what I should say. So, you know, think about Self. You are your own you are your own company. You are the CEO, CFO, you're everything. You're human resources. You're everything for yourself. And if you're gonna hire someone, it's exactly what you did. You hired them. They work for you. You know, if that relationship doesn't work, then you get someone else. My dad used to tell me that he had two accountants because one accountant was a watchdog. I said, Why do you have two accountants? You have different things you don't want us to know about. He said, No, no, no. I said I have two people that are doing the same job but one is vetting the other and I'm vetting that person and I said oh okay I get it because you have to learn you know if if, if, if you're working with someone you're asking a lot of questions to eventually they're going to be like damn you know they're, they're on top of this so I, I better not try to do anything stupid you know so in closing um, this is what I've been doing with my time um, I hope, you know, you guys are doing something. I would love to hear what people are doing, Um, uh, as far as what I mentioned is, and you know, what, what apps you're using for whatever services, um, I had a client, i um, had a client tell me, um, they are shopping on a app and I'm not, I'm going to see him today. So I'll, I'll, I'll get the information for the next podcast. He basically was telling me about a website that sells, um, food that is, um, Damaged, and before you start the wheels turning, what what he, what he's saying is that you know how like you go into a supermarket and there's a aisle or a shelf in a aisle at the back of the supermarket that has reduced items for sale because a can of whatever or a box was crushed. Event um, you know, and this is mind blowing to me in this country. Like you, so they can't sell that item because it's damaged, not damaged. Whatever is inside the packaging is the packaging is damaged. This is how big marketing is. So, in order for them to say, well, you know, that would cost three dollars and fifty cents, but because the end of the can or the end of the box is crushed, we're going to reduce it to a dollar thirty-three. And I'm like, wait a minute. So because it doesn't look presentable, they can't sell it. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what happens. You can buy anything at a cost reduction because I said, wow, you know, and I'm looking at it as like, well, you know, who wants to buy something that looks ugly, I guess. But again, you're not eating the box. You're not eating the can. You're not eating the plastic bag. You know, the plastic bag, the, it might've um, smudged up against something and it's, 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 you know, it's smudged and you're like, I don't want to buy that. I'm like, wow, it's, it's, you're buying the food. You're not buying the packaging, but that shows you the power of marketing, how the presentation of something is so is so big that you got to deal with that. So I'll find out what the website is and share with you guys, just in case, you know, someone's looking to either, (coughs) excuse me, either them, you know, buy things for themselves, or you may be shipping things overseas to loved ones. Um, and you want to buy them at cost. So I'll get that information and share that with you guys. Thank you for choosing the manual. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace.